The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Fucking... To the two-man power trip of wrestling i'm your host jp john podge with me today very special guest he is of course what's part of the dark order he was in aew number five if you will he is mr alan angels alan welcome to the two-man power trip how you doing what's going on how you doing pretty good what's going on in your world what's up uh nothing i'm just you know just chilling at home right now uh waiting for uh the weekend so i can so i can wrestle some more you know yeah, you've been getting around like crazy. You've been all over the place. Yeah, I'm trying, man. I'm trying to just wrestle as much as I can. Just try and make a name for myself outside of AEW and outside of the Dark Order. And, and you know, just try and make some waves uh, by myself, you know? Was it easy kind of just, you know, getting out there and getting all these bookings? Because it seems like you're, like, all over the globe here. Uh, You know, uh, I wouldn't say it's easy. Uh, you know, you got to... um there are there are certain places that you have to reach out to of course i had my connections and all that stuff uh prior to aew but um it was only to a certain on a certain scale you know uh i really only wrestled before aew i really only wrestled mostly in the southeast so like georgia alabama uh north carolina tennessee stuff like that um but i really wanted to um to reach out more towards uh, right now, the West coast indie scene is like blowing up right now. So like, I really wanted to get out here and, and do some stuff with West coast pro and prestige wrestling and all that. So um, yeah, it, it, it does require a bit of uh, reaching out, but um, I, I feel like at this point, especially with like my AW contract coming up and, you know, I'm kind of like the, the hot thing of the month, you know, uh, Everybody kind of wants me uh, to wrestle for them, which is I'm so grateful for, like, for real. Like, it's so cool to just, like, like I want to be the guy on the indie scene that, like, everybody wants to wrestle. And I think I'm slowly getting to that point. And I know right now I'm kind of the flavor of the month or whatever. But, uh, you know, the, the, the hard part is staying relevant and stuff, which is uh, what I'm trying to do. Good matches will definitely go a long way, though, right? I mean, it seems like everybody's giving you rave reviews. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of the, the, the main thing. You know, in AEW, you know, a lot of times you're only wrestling once a week. 
and a lot of times either you're wrestling uh, four minutes or five minutes or whatever and then sometimes you're not even wrestling a singles match you might be wrestling an eight-man tag match or, or something of the sort um so you know you got to find ways to get those reps in and stuff like that and, and be uh just be on your toes be sharp at all times you know um and it is kind of hard wrestling once a week in in aw but um you know i'm slowly getting that back to that that grind of wrestling two three times every weekend for 15 20 minutes uh it's a it's a it's a big thing you know they talk about your wrestling cardio and how nothing can replace your wrestling cardio no no amount of uh like running on the treadmill is gonna is gonna replace that you know what i mean doesn't matter how how long you can run uh a marathon um if you know that's completely different from wrestling for 20 minutes in, in a ring in front of people you know i was fascinated by that how come it's so much different because you're using so much of your body that's different than when you're doing regular cardio yeah i i guess so you know and it's also um when you're wrestling you're also performing you know so you're yelling you're you're screaming you're talking to the fans you're emoting you're you have to make the facials you have to sell selling is like you know it blows you up more than a lot of people <laughs> think you know right you have to take a move and sell it a certain way and just moving like all that stuff blows you up it gets you gets you tired i feel like probably one of the best things to do um cardio wise outside of wrestling would be like doing crossfit you know um i feel like just because like that's a lot of like intricate movements of like getting up getting down like moving around a lot but it still doesn't quite equate to the the yelling and the you know the emoting and the you know doing all that other stuff that comes with wrestling you know do you think that like AEW should be running house shows or could have been like, you know, keeping the guys more fresh or would you like them to do that? Because like you said, it's taking you a while to get back used to it, but you, you would think being there, you would have been, you know, like in tremendous cardio shape just because it's AEW. It's, it's the big times, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like a lot of guys do do like indie shows and stuff a lot. Um, and then, you know, other guys train on the week during the week and stuff like they'll go to, you know, their local wrestling school or whatever and just train. Um, it's, it's a double-edged sword, right? Like, and I mean, this is, this is everything. This is, you know, not just AEW, obviously it's for everybody, you know, you're wrestling. If you're wrestling all the time. Yeah, sure. Excuse me. Yeah, sure. Maybe you're getting better at, you know, you're, everyone's always constantly getting better. So if you're wrestling all the time, like you're going to be super sharp, uh, you know, that ring rust that everybody likes to talk about, like there's none of that. Um, but also, you know, if you're wrestling all the time, there is that, uh, that possibility, that chance of, of you getting hurt or of you, uh, you know, getting injured and possibly not being able to wrestle for however long, you know? So it's always a double-edged sword, you know, there, there are pros and cons to both, but, um, yeah, personally myself, I like, I like to, if I'm not, doing indie shows on the weekends i like to at least get uh get to training like once or twice a week and just run some drills you know nothing too crazy but you know just do some uh some regular everyday drills surprise you're not tired right now i literally just saw you on tv wrestling uh speedball mike bailey i'm surprised you're not exhausted you seem like you're in great shape 
Oh, no, no. I'm never exhausted, dude. I keep going. I go all the time. Rave reviews, though, for that match. Seriously, Impact Wrestling, X Division, uh, it's really kind of hot. And because of Mike Bailey, who, you know, was kind of one of those guys, was, for some reason, was kind of forgotten for a while. I guess he was kind of wrestling uh, overseas for a bit. But he's back, X Division title, and you're wrestling him on Impact in a hell of a match. Yeah, dude. Uh, Mike Bailey is one of those guys I've like, he's been on my radar for a long time as somebody that like I wanted to wrestle. And uh, it was just, it was really good opportunity for me. I felt to get to go out there and wrestle somebody that's, you know, he's one, he's been wrestling uh, forever, which, so like the wealth of knowledge that he holds is, you know, uh, insane. Um, on top of that, getting to wrestle him for the X Division Championship, which is like, in my opinion, in my eyes, like one of the most prestigious championships currently today, be just because of the history. And like, you know, when I was a kid growing up, like that's what I wanted. Like I wanted to be the X division champion as opposed to like the world champion or anything like that. Like I thought the X division was just so cool in general. You had all the Chris Daniels and AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, uh, you know, Chris Saban, Alex Shelley, like all those guys. And like, I thought that was like the, the coolest thing, like to me, have holding the X division championship was like, like that was the goal for me. Um, so getting to wrestle for the X division championship was just so surreal and like, so cool. Um, and like I said, like Mike Bailey's the man. So like, I wouldn't have wanted to wrestle anybody else, but that being said, the X division right now and impact is like insane, man. Like you got Ace Austin, Chris Bay, Trey Miguel, uh, Mike Bailey, Alex Zane, like all these guys like that are um, in the X division right now, they're, they're all killing it. And they're all just like doing crazy stuff. And it's just, it's like, it's a, it's a high, it's high tier wrestling. It really is. And they're, they're, they're killing it right now for real. Great ovation afterwards, obviously violent by design to kind of ruin the ovation, but great <laughs> ovation from the crowd afterwards. It's one of those things where you want to go back. They want you back. It seems like it would be a perfect marriage. Yeah, I would love to. I would love to go back. Uh, I don't know what the future holds for me right now, but um, you know, if Impact, uh, you know, is on the table, I'm definitely down. I love, like, I loved the 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 locker room. The environment was all great, um, you know. And like I said, the match was great, and everybody seemed to like it. So I'm definitely open to it. Like I said, I don't know what the future holds for me, but um, we'll see. You know. How did that opportunity come up in the first place with Impact? Um, it was just kind of, just kind of put on my table. They just hit me up and said, do you want to have a kick-ass match with Mike Bailey? And I said, absolutely I do. Um, yeah. So I, I just, I went there. I live in Atlanta, which is another thing, uh, that helped. They were filming that in Atlanta. Um, so they just asked if I wanted to have a kick-ass match with Mike Bailey. I said, yes, sir. And I literally live like 30 minutes from, uh, the venue that it was filmed in. So, yeah wasn't like a tryout, so to speak. I mean, obviously, this is a very, very high-tier tryout, but you yeah. almost get the sense they're like, all right, let's throw him to the Wolves and see how he does. And then, like, you hit a, hit a home run, so it might be, you know, it might be not a form of a tryout, so to speak. Um, I, I honestly, I don't I don't really know uh, the answer to that question, if I'm being honest. Like, maybe, maybe I don't really know how the higher-ups there thought of that match. Um, if it was, like, a tryout thing. To say, so to speak, uh, I don't know, honestly. 
would who else like would you like to wrestle in that division? I know you mentioned a bunch of guys, but is there guys like on your radar? Like, oh, like you said about Bailey, like, oh, I've been wanting to wrestle him for a while. Are there other guys on the roster there that you're like, oh, same thing? I got to wrestle this guy. Oh yeah, for sure. Trey Miguel is like one of the guys that like I I like really want to wrestle. I've been wanting to wrestle him for a long time. He's like he's so cool. He does such cool shit, man. And she's just like he's got that that charisma that everybody really you know, looks forward to. So like, I think we could do some really cool stuff. Uh, Chris Bay, kind of the same thing. Like he's another guy that's like just super dope. And I think we could have some kick-ass matches. Um, you know, they have, uh, like I said, uh, Ace Austin, who just did best of the super juniors. Uh, that, that would be a dope match as well. So yeah, like I said, the X division is just like totally stacked. Um, but those three guys in particular, like they would be like really cool to have, uh, banger matches with on impact or anywhere really so what is the situation with aew it was just the contract came up and it's not renewed and you're moving on is that basically the gist of it um yeah so the contract uh they didn't uh renew it they offered me a uh a per appearance deal which is basically you know just you right get paid per appearance obviously um and i just felt that uh there wasn't really enough room for me to grow in AEW, um, at the moment, at least, you know, you never know, um, where the wrestling business is going to take you next. But I just felt that, uh, yeah, maybe it was time for me to try and do my own thing and see if I could, cause like, you know, like I said earlier, I never really got that, that run on the Indies that I really, as like, as a wrestling fan, like that's what I really wanted to, to do. Like I tell my buddy, uh, AC Mack, who's also a wrestler. Uh, he's currently the independent wrestling champion. And I told him, I said, man, like your career is kind of the career I like pictured myself having just because like he, you know, he's worked up from these smaller independent companies. And now he's like one of the bigger names, uh, uh, in independent wrestling, just because just, just built up from, uh, his independent shows and stuff you know he's never been signed to a major company or anything like that and he's now like killing it on the indies like doing all these cool ass shows just like traveling the country um defending the title and all that stuff and i told him i was like that's kind of how i pictured my career going and obviously it's not but um yeah so again i just kind of wanted to to spread my wings see what else i could do i felt like um it's kind of hard to have like an independent career um, while still signed to AEW um, because it's, uh, you know, like I said, like I was talking about earlier, you know, you never know when you're going to get hurt on one of these indie shows. So um, if I'm get paid, getting paid, you know, per appearance, and I all of a sudden get hurt and I can't, you know, come in for a certain amount of time, um, you know, you never know. So that uh, on top of just like me really wanting to prove myself, um on other levels was just kind of you know my main thing do you think that with aew it was hard because they were signing so many guys it's harder to get tv time because it almost seems like the rosters is huge right now i mean it's got to be close to 100 guys it seems like it's crazy well yeah and that and that's uh that's that's part of it for sure and you know this is nothing against those guys i think all of those guys like are very deserving of the spot that they're that they're in um and you know i'm not at all uh 
angry or anything about any of this. I don't think, like I said, I think all of those guys are like very deserving of where they are right now. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I feel like there's no uh, room for me to, to, to grow right now. It's just like, um, you know, all those guys come in and it's just, uh, it's, it's definitely harder to get, get TV time and stuff like that. And, you know, there is definitely like, you know, and they are like getting their young guys, um, they're giving them their flowers, so to speak, you know, the guns and, uh, Max Caster, Anthony Bones, like all those guys are doing great right now. Um, but I just felt like the right move for me was to try and do it on my own. That's all. Take a chance on yourself, right? Bet on yourself. Exactly. Exactly. With AEW, just to rewind, how did you get in there, like, to begin with? Like, how did you get on the radar? Because it was right during the pandemic, right? Like, the very start of the pandemic. Yeah. So, I, we started, you know, the pandemic happened, and I think they did one show at Daly's Place, and then they came and did uh, the shows in Norcross, Georgia, which were in the Nightmare Factory, and, uh, you know, they filmed a bunch of that stuff. Like they filmed like four weeks of TV and naturally like a lot of guys couldn't make it because just the airlines were uh, shut down or whatever. So really the only people that could be there were the people that could drive. So uh, yeah, and naturally they needed more people, uh, more extras or whatever you want to call them. And uh, I was one of them because I, I lived in Georgia and I was in the Nightmare Factory and uh yeah, so you know, I got that. Uh, I got that exposure of wrestling. Uh, first, I wrestled Lance, and then I wrestled Kenny. And uh, you know, I pretty much owe my career to that day, just because of the Kenny match and it blowing up like it did, and everybody either uh, thinking it was the greatest thing ever or thinking it was the worst thing ever. Um, so yeah, pretty much. Uh, and then a few weeks later, I had I had a match with Ray Phoenix that was I, I thought was pretty good and a match with Sammy Guevara and we had those two matches and then after that I was I was signed. Funny with that Omega match because for some reason that, that like really blew up. Like you said, it was like, oh he gave this guy too much offense. Oh, why is he beating up Omega? Like did you hear like all the stuff that was being said and, and like did you kind of laugh that off? Oh yeah. I mean of course I heard it all. Um yeah, I didn't really care. It's funny, my dad, who uh, he's on Twitter, and he, I, I think he tweets too much. I think he's on Twitter way too much. He gets more upset about that stuff than I do. Uh, all the guys, everybody, like the whole internet wrestling community talking shit about me on whatever it is at that time. Uh, he gets real upset about that stuff. So he'll he'll clap back sometimes, but I, I always got to tell him, like, Dad, chill out. It's no big deal. It really isn't. I, I could care less. Um, like I'm like living my dream right now. Uh, I'm doing this for a living and that's all I could ever ask for. So if there's some guys online that want to, you know, talk shit about me or whatever it may be, that's fine. I, like I said, I don't really care. I'm not, I've never, I, sometimes I like to like those tweets. I just like them just cause I think they're funny or whatever. So yeah, I mean, no, it, it does. It definitely doesn't bother me. And of course I see it all. Um, but you know, like I said, it's whatever. And I, you know, somebody is going to talk shit about you. If you're in the wrestling business, somebody eventually is going to talk shit about you. Um, 
and you just can't let it get to you. You really can't. Cause if you let it get to you, then, you know, it's, it's, you, you'll just live in that and you don't want to live in that. It's, it's so annoying to just like, you know, there's like those things where it says like, you can get 10 compliments, but one negative comment. And you're just like, that's all you're thinking about. Like, you can't be that person. You really can't. I've even been the victim myself thinking like, oh, it's a predictable thing that Omega is going to win, you know, but, but you still want to have a good competitive match. Cause I remember like years ago being an old school fan, watching George South wrestling, Ric Flair, who was the champion on TV yeah. and they're going 12 minutes. I mean, they're the whole and George South is getting offense. I mean, and you know what I mean? And, and there's some things here that you just remember as a fan, you're like, wait, this has been going on in wrestling forever. This is like not new that Kenny Omega is, is giving a young guy offense to giving the guy like a little rub and a little push George South with flair all the time. Flair was just such a great opponent. I'm going to give him some offense. So it's not yeah. like a new thing in wrestling at all. No. Yeah. And, and, you know, even Cody told me after the match, he said, you know, just be sure, like, when you're in that position that you do the same for that next young guy or whatever. So I'm definitely going to keep keep that in mind. If I ever am in that position where, you know, I'm the big name on the card and I'm wrestling someone that's relatively unheard of, um, I'm going to get, you know, give him some stuff. That's always that's always kind of my thing. So were you surprised that Kenny gave you some stuff? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, well, like. I get, yeah, I would say I'm, I was a little surprised. I think I was surprised at how much I got. Um, I, I thought maybe I would get like one, like, I don't know, like a few punches or some shit, you know, but I didn't think I was going to be bumping him and stuff like that. Um, and like I said, I, I owe my career to like three or four people. And like Kenny is definitely on that list of guys that I really do owe my career to. So I really appreciate him for that, for the first match and the second match. Um, yeah, yeah, it, it was it was it was very surreal um, thinking about like what what all we did in that match, and I was just like, wow, I I, I really couldn't believe it. It was it was pretty crazy to know that like because we we did a little thing a few months prior to that where it was at an indie show, and he came out and I attacked him from behind. It was like to promote like it was like to promote the first AEW. I think it was Double or Nothing or something like that. Um, and he came out and I attacked him from behind. I was the champion at that local show and we, we ran a little spot or whatever. So maybe it was because of that, that he kind of trusted me to do some stuff. Um, I don't know, but yeah, definitely, definitely shocking, but yeah, very grateful for it. I know Flair, even like Bob Cook, another guy, like a enhancement guy, I guess you could say. Not really, because he wrestled everywhere. He was a great wrestler. He would give him some offense in the match. And like I know, they, like maybe they only wrestled once or twice, but I just remember, like, okay, he gave him a little bit of offense. So it, it's not like crazy because I don't know why people were going nuts about it. But Kenny wanted to have a good competitive match, and obviously put you, you know, help put you on the map. But it's one of the things too. It's like it, sometimes when you squash the guy, it's just like, uh like. It's almost like not a waste, but sometimes it's just like oh, I could have gave him a little bit of an offense there, and it felt like with Kenny it was like, okay, let's let's have a good match. I'll show you this guy is actually you know pretty good. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I definitely like I said, I really appreciate him him doing that, and if I'm ever in that position, I'll definitely make sure to pass it on, so to speak. Were you ever surprised, like, with people saying, like, about Kenny, like, oh, he's not that good? Or, like, did you ever get shocked, like, with some of just the comments online? Or, or that's the par for the course when you're on uh, top? You know, I think shocked isn't really the, really the right word anymore just because I've seen it so much. 
Um, I really do think Kenny is like one of the best of our generation. Um, so like, of course, it's like, it's like I said earlier, you know, if you're in the wrestling business, somebody's going to be talking shit about you. And the bigger you are, the more people are going to talk shit about you. It's very rare that like somebody is like looked at fondly by everybody, especially in the wrestling community. I think, you know, the re wrestling Twitter is like the worst. Um, it's just so toxic. And there's like one side of every argument, the other side of every argument. It's like, it's just pointless fighting. So no, I don't. I think a lot of people just want to fight, just want to argue on Twitter. So, um, and I'm, you know, not saying that there are people that those people don't really believe that they don't really, they, they, that maybe they do think that Kenny's not a great wrestler, but you know, I don't know. Everything's opinionated, especially in wrestling. It's such an opinionated thing. And, you know, people are entitled to their opinions. They don't have to be, you know, dicks about it, which they are a lot of times, but, um, yeah, no, to say that I'm shocked about it is no, no definitely not shocked about it, but um, you know, I do think that I would lean on the side of Kenny's one of the best in the world. So it's almost like the Shawn Michaels back in the day. He's such a lightning rod. You know what I mean? That people are like, "Oh, he's not great," or you know, you know what I mean? They they do the opposite of kind of what you would think. Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, and that's that's like a lot of people just want to. Uh, you know, tweet something that will get a lot of likes or whatever, or, you know, a lot of, a lot of reactions, you know, so they'll say something shocking and that's, that's a big thing on Twitter. So yeah, I'm saying that Kenny Omega sucks. will get you a lot of likes or a lot of interactions on Twitter. People will do it, you know, man, wrestling Twitter. You're right. It's the worst. So yeah. toxic. A buddy of mine posted like attendance for impact and said he didn't have the walk-ups. You know, he'd update it afterwards and everyone's attacking him that the numbers and accurate and stuff. I'm just like, he'll post it after the show of the accurate number. Like they'll fight about anything on there. It's crazy. Oh yeah, definitely. They, they, it's like stuff that like, I don't know. It's yes. It, you're right. It's absolutely stupid. To me, though, it's almost good that like they were saying, "Oh, Alan Angel's getting too much offense," because your name just keeps getting brought up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's one of those things where it's like any publicity is good publicity. So your name just kept getting thrown out there, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think it's definitely, um, it's definitely a good thing. It, you know, if everybody agreed that it was like a good thing, I don't think it would have been as big of a deal. But because everybody was arguing about it, um you know, it was kind of a thing. So yeah, it just brought my name up more and more and more. I think I was trending at one point, which I thought was crazy that like, I would, it would be such a big deal that I was trending on Twitter or whatever. I guess it didn't hurt Omega. I know a bunch of fans. I remember some of the tweets are like, Oh, that's going to kill his main event push or he's not going to be like, I don't think it hurt him at all. No, definitely not. Especially like, you know, he, after that, or I think it was during that, he was the tag team champion. But, you know, he, I thought he had a great run as tag team champions with Hangman and then an even better run as the world champion. I think he he's had one of the better runs in, in AEW history as, as the champion. Um, so, you know, of course, no, it didn't hurt him. Like, everybody's – Dave Mel even on the second, the second match, Dave Meltzer put out that whole long thing about – he was like sarcastically saying that I ruined his career or whatever, but he was being sarcastic about it. It was this whole thing. 
uh of course it didn't ruin his career like especially nowadays like um i don't think anything like that could ruin anybody's career and i think um getting over has a lot more to do with having quality matches day in day out than it ever has before you know what i mean and back to your point flair with uh um, who is Tommy Rich, you said? No, George South. Oh, George South, yes. Um, yeah, even like even something like that, I think he understood that like if he can have a good match with anybody, then people will start to recognize that. And it's funny, too. I was watching, as I, I love Hogan. I was watching some old Hogan. He gave Genius, the Genius, who's a manager at this point, but it's still a wrestler. He was giving him offense in, in, the, in this match, and I was just like, didn't kill Hulkamania, you know what I mean? It just no, yeah, yeah, yeah never. Could never. Could at, at that point, uh, in that time, there's no way that you were killing Hulkamania or whatever. Which I feel like was kind of maybe maybe Kenny wasn't at the top that he like the biggest that he ever was, but he's at the point where he's like a made man. You know, there's no like you can't you can't kill like you can't kill it if it's if he's like already a made man. You know. So when did you get signed? It was after the Ray Phoenix match. You said when you got signed. Uh yeah. So so we had we had the um it was like a little back in the when the pandemic started we were filming two days in a row. Uh so we would do Wednesday live I believe and then Thursday and uh both days. So the first day I wrestled Phoenix. The second day I wrestled Sammy. Um, and then I think at the end of that loop, or maybe like at the beginning of the next one, they they gave me my uh, my contract after that. Who like officially signed? Is it Tony or Chris Daniels or who's the, the one that does it? Um, I think it was. Uh, I think you know, Cody gave me the contract. Uh, I don't know like if he was the one. I think. I mean, I believe it was Tony's idea because Tony, uh, you know, came up with the whole me being in the dark order thing. So yeah. Were you always in the Nightmare Factory or like training with Cody or is that just because you were in Atlanta and, and that was close? No. Um, so back back then, it was uh, only really run by QT, um, who, is, who I was training with at the time. Uh, I started at the WWA4 in Atlanta, uh, run by AR Fox, and then I moved over to – it was called the Power Factory back then. Um, I moved over there and uh, started training with QT. So, yeah. And then it just became the Nightmare Factory, I guess. And then you... I think I think it might have already been the Nightmare Factory. I'm not exactly too sure on the dates and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, you have any sort of connection with Cody or any or no or was mostly just QT? Uh, mostly QT. Um, me and Cody are, are pretty cool, but uh, I I was really only trained by QT. When you do get signed and you're there, and Tony creates. The, you know, the five and the dark order. What's your thought process? You're like, okay, you're going to run with it or do you get to collaborate? Like what's going on as far as the character? Oh yeah. I mean, I was super excited. I was excited to do really anything at that point, just because there was no wrestling at all, except for AEW and WWE. Those were the only things that were running, even like new Japan and impact. I don't think we're, we're running at the time. So like, um, for me to be able to wrestle at all is great. Like, um, and then to be a part of the dark order under a guy like Brody, um, was super exciting. So yeah, I was very excited to hear that. 
What did you think about Brody? Just as far as like his leadership and him being with you guys, was it just a gimmick or was he really helping you guys and the young guys at the dark order? Did he like take you under his wing? Oh yeah. He definitely like, he would watch all of our matches and give us, give us advice and all that stuff. Like when I say us, I mean the dark order. Um, but he was like one of those guys that you could ask him anything. Like, even if you weren't in the dark order, like he would give, if you asked him, like he would, he would watch your match and he would like, he would give back to the younger guys in general, not just the dark order, but yeah, he definitely, he definitely did help all of us, um, in the dark order. Um, especially like once we started doing the BT stuff, like he was so like giving to, um, he wasn't, he wasn't too, wasn't too, uh, like he wasn't too hyped about it at first. Uh, I don't think he really wanted to do it at first because, you know, he's this big, scary character. But the way that we did it, I think really he made it work for him um, to where he, he did end up enjoying it. He was funny with like the like the Vince McMahon style sketches he was doing. You know what I mean? He was acting like Vince yeah. using Vince catchphrase. Like that, it seemed like he was getting more comfortable. Oh, yeah, yeah. Once, once, once we did a few... Uh, he he definitely started to get more comfortable doing it and stuff. What is five like? What is the gimmick like the Dark Order? Like you know what I mean? Just it's hard, like I for some reason I don't get. It. I got a buddy of mine tells me Dark Order was great. Uh, Orange Cassidy is great. Like some uh, some I'm like I don't get it. I just, maybe I don't know if I'm getting to it. But like what is the Dark Order like as far as like and why why the mask and why number five? Are you just number five in the group? Like what? Just explain yeah. Dark Order. No, it just it kind of it started out. Uh, it started out different than it ended up being, especially because of BT and stuff like that. But it's just, it's supposed to be a group of uh, outcasts that are brought in to better their lives and enrich their lives, as, as Brody would say. Um, so really, it's just a bunch, it's supposed to be just a bunch of outcasts that, you know, are brought together and yeah, for, to better their lives or whatever stop losing start winning was the whole thing you know so then we you know it it's a cult without saying it's a cult right if that makes sense um it's just for people that want to better their lives so um and then the numbers yeah we, they were just kind of i don't want to say randomly given but yeah they were just kind of given to us uh, eventually and actually everybody has a number i don't know if it, everybody knows that but like Silver is three, Reynolds is four. All right, so that might be reversed, uh, you know. And then Colt is actually eight, which nobody knows. Um, so we all had numbers, and then but then eventually it just kind of turned into a group of friends. You know what I mean? Um, after like the whole BT thing, um, we do the whole recruitment thing. We're like trying to recruit new members or whatever. Um, but then uh, you know we do BT more and more and more, and it just became kind of like a group of friends is kind of what I think the gimmick, you know, kind of ended up being. You think you guys should have been used on TV more? Cause it's funny. Cause like sometimes there's no parallel between the YouTube shows and the TV. And if you miss something on YouTube, that's not necessarily on TV. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, obviously, you know, we all would, would have loved to be on TV more. And, and I hope that the guys that are still there, like, you know, get more TV time and such, but, we were definitely given uh, plenty of opportunities um, to like shine on on TV and on and on dark and stuff like that. Um, like the fact that you know they wrestled uh, the the elite multiple times. I got to wrestle Brian. I got to wrestle Kenny. 
um like that's all that's all great so definitely we're, we're all super super grateful do we think we could be on tv more you know everybody does but that's just kind of the nature of the business with dark order obviously 10 and you were team a lot right that was kind of your uh, preston vance i guess that was more of your not always partner, yeah. but that was like your guy your go-to guy for mostly tag teams right right yeah what was it like just putting you guys together? It was it was it random or like you you know him from the Nightmare Factory or or you know did you guys have prior chemistry? Yeah, so he he also trained at the Nightmare Factory. That's kind of the original idea um, when I got signed was to put us together. We were going to be five and dime. Um, that was the whole idea. Unfortunately, um, he got hurt right as I was getting signed. Um, so I don't I don't think it ever really took off like it could have um, just because of that. Um, because by the time he got back, we were, you know, Silver and Reynolds were back. Stu and Uno was there. And uh, I believe Brody was already having his TNT run if it wasn't already over. Um, I'm not too sure. But, like, um, yeah, that was kind of the original idea. And I don't think it ever got to take off like it could have. I think it could have been a really cool thing. Um, but, yeah, that was kind of the, the thought process at the beginning. Was It was going to be five and dime. That, that was going to be the tag team. Interesting. You like singles or tag better? Um, I like I do like both. I think there's cool things about about both. Um, I I guess I would say singles. I would say I I would say I'm a singles guy. Uh, I don't think I've ever really had that partner that I've like absolutely clicked with. And maybe if I found that guy, then uh then it would be different, but um, I'm not sure. You know, I've tagged with Uno a good amount lately on, on some indies and at New Japan and stuff. So, um, you know, I think that, like, that's really fun. Um, but, yeah, I, I think I would definitely prefer singles. New Japan. Before I get back to you, I just want to mention New Japan. Any, uh, like, vibes out there, like, coming back or doing more with New Japan Pro Wrestling? Um, yeah, I mean, hopefully, like, you know, it's like the wrestling business. You never really know. It, it's really, it really is just like a, you know, a crapshoot. You never really know until it's like a few weeks before or whatever. Um, hopefully, uh, from what I've heard, everybody, everybody liked the match that we had. So, um, you know, I would love to come back for sure. Aussie Open, right? You guys wrestled Aussie yeah, Open? Yeah, Aussie Open. What did you think great. about those guys? That oh, seemed like great. New Japan loves those guys. Yeah, they're great. They're 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 great. Like them with Osprey is like is like it's it's a great combination. All those guys um, in the so it's just like wrestling those guys on on that stage was like I felt like it was a big deal um, because you know they're involved in the main event scene and all that stuff. So it was really cool to wrestle those guys, and they're both like so fucking good, both of them. So yeah. Pretty good, though, also, like, to get in there with those guys because it seemed like New Japan is pushing them a bit. Obviously, with Osprey, the, the, the big dog over right. there, or one of the big dogs. So it seems like, okay, that's a pretty good spot to be in, a, you know, against guys that New Japan actually, you know, is using in, in a meaningful way. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, it's like wrestling Bailey, who's the X Division champion. It's like I get to come into the company and wrestle a guy that obviously they have faith in. Um so hopefully that means that they, they see something in me as well. For sure. So just want to go back to the Dark Order. When they're putting it together, do you guys think it's too jokey? Like, do you think 
I know they do that one thing where you guys kind of beat up everybody. I remember that one, whoever the heck it was, was doing the phantom punches and everybody got on him. But did you think it was too jokey or did you think Dark Order should have been like a more serious gimmick? So the phantom punches thing, I wasn't there yet. Uh, oh, okay. okay. That, was a completely, <laughs> that was a completely different thing. Um, no, I, you know, the us being jokey, as you say, like that's all that all comes from us in BTE. Um, and it's just, it's just kind of, it was almost a, a, a decision in that, you know, we started doing the BT bits and they started getting over. So we said we should do this more and more and more. And then eventually we did to, to the point where we ended up doing like the casket bit where Cody, you know, we buried Cody or whatever. Um, and then Preston Vance was in the casket. That to me was like a BTE bit that made it onto TV. Um, so no, I don't think it was too jokey. I I think you know people were enjoying it for what it was, um, and I think there was a good medium. You know, I think a lot like a lot of people don't know, but you know we're all very. I think everybody in that group is very good wrestler. I think that was that was the main thing that like yeah we were jokey, we were comedic or whatever, but we we're also all very very good wrestlers. I think Alex John. Uh, you know, Alex, John, Uno, Stu, Vance, even, uh, you know, all, like all of them, they're all very good. So I think that, you know, the, the comedic thing, we could all back up in the ring. With Dark Order, obviously, you lose the leader. Brody uh, suddenly passed away. I mean, shockingly passed away. What were your thoughts? I mean, was everybody just absolutely as shocked as the fans were and absolutely floored? Yeah, I mean, you know, it was... Uh, it definitely it sucked for sure and like that day the brody show um was so it was so surreal i believe it took place either the day of or the day after he died i'm not too sure but it was just so surreal that whole day and like seeing his tribute video at the end of the show was insane um like it was very it was very i personally i'm very lucky i've never really known i've never been close to anybody that's died uh like in my life i'm 24 and luckily i've i've, I've never really been close to anybody that's died and that brody was like one of the first ones first people that i actually knew that that had passed away and it was just very very surreal very very weird um the 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 aura backstage was it was, it was very sad but at the same time, like, you know, doing what we were doing was so cool. I thought to have that whole tribute show to him um, is very uplifting in, in, in that sense, you know. And negative one was there. Obviously, he's got his own number to his son and was able yeah. to do some stuff. It's very uh, emotional stuff. And given how young he was and seemed like he was a mentor to everybody, everybody loved him because, you know, they still every week with Wednesday night. You know what that means? And like he's brought yeah. up all the time. They just had a show in uh, Rochester. He was mm -hmm. brought up and they brought out Dark Order again. His son was out there. And, you know, like he just seemed like a really, really big part of not only the roster, but just like the culture of AEW. Oh yeah, and he's he's one of those guys that's been around the business for such a long time. And as I'm coming to learn, the longer you're around the business, the more people that you know. Like, I it's hard for me to go to any random indie show and me not know somebody, like one at least one person. You know what I mean? So I can't imagine 
after however long he was in the business um, that he didn't, you know, know everybody. You know what I mean? Um, and he was like one of two or three people that I know in the wrestling business that absolutely nobody has anything bad to say about him. Like, I don't know a single person that has anything bad to say about Brody Lee. Um, and that was, that was before he died, you know, like a lot of people, um, like to praise people after they die, but before he died, like, you know, nobody had anything bad to say about him. Everybody, everybody that I talked to about him was like, yeah, he's a really nice guy, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Man, it's just that's just still crazy because he's so young. It's just like, oh my god, just a total yeah. shocker. And, and like you said, nobody ever, all the WB guys, nobody ever has anything bad to say about. Him. The only bad thing I ever heard was that they were shocked he was even released from WB to begin to begin with. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that was the only bad thing I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah, for sure. With him and him passing, do you think that Dark Order should have like gone away, or do you think that it's good to keep it around because it was like a tribute to him, so to speak? No, I think, you know, and especially I think um, before Brody even left, we were super over. Um, so, no, I, I don't think they should have gone away. Um, I, I think there was definitely a place for, I think the Dark Order, in a sense, is kind of like what AEW is all about. You know, they're kind of like the heart of AEW. I'd like to say, I'd like to think um even like even even with them coming out at on uh, on it on Dynamite in Rochester, like you just tell like there's still so much love for the for the Dark Order from the fans. I know my buddy was he gets on me because I said I was like I can't believe they're so over like they got a huge pop. I mean of course Rochester they're going to but I was like yeah. I, don't, I was like I don't know maybe I'm out of touch I don't I don't know but like they, uh, they always get a pop no matter what I don't know if it's the, the song or you know yeah. they connect with the audience but I mean they always get a pop. Yeah, even when we come out on on dark, you know, we 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 still get a we still get a pretty pretty decent pop to this day. With dark order and like kind of you know moving along stuff, do you think that the mask hinders you at all, or do you, did you like having the mask? Uh, personally, no, I didn't like the mask. I think it was a good look. I think it looked cool, um, but I, me personally, like I didn't like wrestling in it. Just it's just uncomfortable. And like you kind of got to worry about it staying on all the time and make sure it doesn't fall off. You got to fix it so you can see through the eye holes and stuff like that. I, yeah, I personally didn't like it, but like I said, I did think it was kind of a cool look for sure. No peripheral vision, right? With the mask. Well, uh, in the first mask I had, there wasn't really, I, uh, I ended up asking the guy who made the mask to, if he could make the eye holes bigger. So it wasn't as bad. Um, I actually liked, really liked my first mask that I had. Um, I wish I would have never got rid of it, but I really liked the first mask because it was like tight and it was made of spandex as opposed to, uh, later is kind of made of cloth. It was like weird, stretchy cloth or whatever. Um, but yeah, I wish I would have kept that first mask, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It just wasn't me. That's, that's the main thing. Do you think the mask almost like, blocks the character and it kind of kind of maybe doesn't make sense but it's like almost like you can't be alan angels if you're wearing the mask you know what i mean right right yeah and it's like when you're wearing a mask you have to learn to convey emotions with your body a lot more than you normally would because you know you can do certain things with your face one guy i think is really good at it is serpentico 
he is so good at like using his body to convey like you know like the you know reg like regular emotions that you would usually have on your face he's very good at doing that stuff with his hands and his arms and his body you know so yeah yeah it's like a different type of selling right because it's hard right. to do the facial expressions yeah absolutely absolutely that takes some getting used to obviously like trying to figure it out with because you're not normally a mask yeah. guy right before that yeah no and 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 you know it, it was another thing that i was kind of hindered by i feel because of the pandemic you know and i'm not i'm not able to do stuff in front of the crowd uh because that's kind of as wrestlers that's kind of how we figure out what works and what doesn't work you know we do one thing it gets a good reaction we do another thing it doesn't get a good reaction uh in that environment we don't really know because we're not wrestling in front of anybody um you know we have the internet which helps but you know it's still definitely not the same there's definitely like a different you know kind of reaction to it of course um but like yeah on on if, if you do stuff in front of a live crowd you can tell right away what works and what doesn't work um and i feel like me wrestling in the mask trying to figure out that character this is a brand new character to me not only the mask but the whole thing as a presentation was a was a whole new thing to me and not being able to work with that in front of a crowd and being able to tell what works and what doesn't work i feel like it did uh kind of hinder me especially at the beginning of uh, my aw run how come some guys in dark order have masks and some don't like silver and Reynolds don't wear masks, but obviously Uno always wore a mask, but how come, yeah. like, what's the, what's the difference? Like why though? Was there ever, ever explained? Uh, well, you know, silver and Reynolds, they did have masks, um, at one point. And then Anna also had the little mask over. Oh, her right, eyes right. At one point. Yeah. Um, so everybody did have a mask at one point except Stu, but he's like supposed to be, um, Uno's like right hand man or whatever. Um, but yeah, we all had masks at one point and then eventually, I guess it's just kind of like a graduation kind of thing. So you mentioned the Omega rematch. Is that something that you, he asked for, you asked for like, how does that, or is it just the luck of the draw? You're going to have a rematch with Omega. Yeah. I mean, it was just, we were building up to, uh, the Kenny hangman match and it just, I, it just kind of seemed right. I didn't know about it until I I had heard that maybe I was wrestling Kenny the week before. Um, but it was just a maybe, and then I didn't really know about it until I got there that day. So I remember who it was on commentary. I'm trying to figure it out, but it was they were basically talking about it. this was a rematch. I'm like, oh, maybe Allen has his number a little bit. Remember the last time? So it was almost like built in. It gave you like a little bit of credibility that the announcers were mentioning that like the last time you fought him, you gave him a tough fight. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's all that's all Tony like putting all that together and he he was the one that that kind of was telling the announcers to say those certain things so he's he's pretty good at uh bringing back old stuff into into new uh stories and rivalries and such it's even like in mma like chuck liddell when he was dominant for some reason years before jeremy horn always gave him a problem so he had to have a rematch with him to finally beat him and expel him yeah. but that's almost like alan angels always gives omega a problem like you know what i mean like i like the psychology behind it yeah 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 for sure i remember listening to the commentary of that match thinking that they did a really good job yeah like they made it seem like you would think like oh it's predictable but they made it seem like oh 
a little unpredictable, or they're throwing an element in there of unpredictability, like, oh, he's got his number a little bit. Oh, he, the last time they fought, he gave him a problem. Like, it was good. Right. It, you know, it, it gave you a little bit more. Right, right, yeah, absolutely. Like, and I think uh, announcers are one of the most. I don't want to say they're underutilized, but as as far as wrestlers go, I feel like every performer, as every wrestler, should go up to the announce team and talk to them, and you know, tell them what certain things to put over because you got to think like that's like the majority of our audience is watching through the TV. Um, and maybe they didn't watch the week before, or maybe they don't know this certain thing. Uh, so like, you know, telling the announcers to say that stuff can get you over more than anything. You have a very old school mentality because you mentioned the announcers, which is something that a lot of young guys don't do. Like that, that's genius. And you were talking about listening to the crowd before Are you more old school, like mentality wise. Uh, yeah, I'd like to think so. I think I'm a little bit of a mix. Uh, you know, I am from, from Georgia and, you know, we do a lot of things old school down there wrestling wise. Um, I think there, and you know, again, I'm, I'm also trained by, by QT who's a old school guy in, in, in a sense. Um, so yeah, I'd like to think of myself as kind of an old school guy mixed with new school abilities, if you want to call it that. I, I don't know. Um, but you know, I, I learned like wrestling, calling it on the fly a lot. You know, when I'm training, I'll have a match. I'll call matches on the fly. So it's like that's kind of an old school thing that I think a lot of people don't know. Um, no, I don't want to say don't know how to do, but, um, you know, it's kind of an old school trait that I that I enjoy doing. And I, I watch a lot of old school wrestling. I, you know, I watch Ric Flair all the time. So, yeah, I don't know. I like that mentality, but it was funny. Recently, Jordan Grace, for I don't even know why, said that Benoit, Chris Benoit, obviously, uh, was one of the best, but she was like, oh, he wouldn't be able to remember the matches. And I, th- I was thinking to myself, I was like, remember the matches? What the hell is she talking Like, she's meaning, like, that the wrestlers will remember the matches. I like that you said, like, call in the ring. Like, that's being a wrestler, right? Being able to do that and not remember yeah, change, the match. Change, changing up where you're going. I mean, you know, a lot of times you got to, there, there's been multiple matches I've had on indie shows where, um, you know, I come in, I usually get a pretty, pretty decent reaction. Um, and, but sometimes, you know, especially if they put me against their, their hometown guy, like the guy that's like their guy, um, they might, if it's like a baby face, baby face match, they might go towards that guy a little more just because like, that's their guy. You know what I mean? So like I've, I've had matches on the indies where I'll just like kind of, turn heel in the middle of the match on 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 them so you got to be able to figure that stuff out for sure right like that's a good uh, old school uh mentality i like that yeah. for sure with that though it's like you can remember spots right you shouldn't be remembering the whole match necessarily or or i guess some guys do that yeah no for the, for the most part most people you know will call the whole match and stuff like that there's always there's always certain parts of matches that will uh that will do on the fly like you know we call it the heat or whatever a lot of that's not called but um it's i i feel like you need wrestling is something you need to know how to do everything and that's why i said earlier like you always need to be either training or wrestling all the time because you know there's always new stuff to learn nobody ever finishes learning wrestling you know yeah true so as we hit the wind down we head towards the finish here were you surprised though like with aew just the way everything ended or or was this kind of the direction you wanted it to go basically 
Um, yeah, I would say, you know, it was a little bit of a shock to me. But, you know, they, I'm not saying they, they gave me plenty of time to figure out what I was doing. It wasn't just like a one day, you know, you're, you're gone. It wasn't that. But, um, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. I think I would be happy either way. You know, wrestling is one of those things you never know what's going to happen um, back in front of the camera and, and behind the camera. So it's like you always got to be ready to adapt. Uh, I would be very happy if I was still there, but I'm, I'm happy not there, too. So, you know, whatever, whatever works, works. I, I feel like um, the cream always rises to the top, you know, kind of thing. Uh, if you're good at wrestling, you know, you're going to find your way one way or the other. So, What was the last match you had there? Was it Daniel Garcia? Was that the last match? Uh, so, I'm trying to think. I think so, yeah. Yeah, Garcia was the last match. And that Did was you know? in Orlando. You knew it was the last one, though, basically? Uh, no, not, not. I mean, it's funny. I actually kind of had a funny feeling that it was going to be the last one. Uh, but... Um, no, at the time I thought, uh, I was going to maybe have like one or two more. I wasn't, I wasn't too sure. Um, but it ended up being the last one, which, you know, if I was going to have the last match at AEW would be against Garcia. Cause I think he's fucking great. So. Yeah. He's got a, a bright future for sure. There for definitely. I think, yeah. well, he's only, he's got, he might be younger than you, right? I, I believe so. Yeah, I believe so. Not too much, maybe like a year or so. Who's some of the guys' dream matches out there? Some of the guys you haven't wrestled that you'd like to wrestle at AEW or any no anywhere whole anywhere. World. Yep. Um. Shit, man. Uh, there's so many guys. Um, I'm gonna blank on a few of them for sure. But like in AEW, like there's guys like Pac that I never i I had like a six man with him, but I would love to have a singles with him. Um, you know, there's guys like. Darby, who I've never wrestled, uh, uh, you know, yeah, uh, Shane Strickland is another guy. Um, on the indies, there's like so many guys that I haven't wrestled that are just like, you know, still coming up. Like, uh, like I mentioned earlier, all the X Division guys, Trey, Trey Miguel, uh, Alex Zane, um, and then outside of Impact, there's, uh, you know, Blake Christian and uh, Nick Wayne. And uh, I've never wrestled. I've I've never had a singles match with Alex Shelley, but I would love to. Uh, Chris Saban is another one. Um, yeah, I mean, I put out a whole list on Twitter a few few weeks ago, but even on that list, there was like guys I was missing for sure. But uh, yeah, there's so many guys. Like, and and you know they'll just keep coming. There's uh, next week. There's going to be another guy that shows up, and he's going to be the talk of the town. So you know. There's always another guy coming for sure. Yeah, so you made your own Cody list out there, right? Like a little yeah, Cody yeah. Rhodes style list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I made the Cody the Cody list for sure. Man, that blew up when he did that. That's crazy. People still like you know. I mean, you're still kind of copying it. And yeah. people are doing that like crazy. Yeah, that was a great yeah, idea. But... Yeah, people love that stuff though. Like it got it got a good amount of likes too. So hopefully, I get to wrestle a few of those guys. And people love checking lists. Oh checking yeah, definitely, off, right? definitely, definitely. So if people were going to look you up on YouTube or something and say, like, your best matches playlist or something, they're creating Alan Angels versus who's on the other side? Who are you wrestling? Who are they going to put on the playlist? Huh, like matches I've already had, you're yep. saying? Yep. Um, 
This is kind of a tough question. Uh, there's so many matches that I really like for for different reasons too. Like, like I had a match with Garcia, where I, I still had the mask on, that I really liked. Um, so I probably put that up there. Um, I had a last man standing match with AC Mack at an indie show a few months, like a year ago. That's like really good. Um, and then, you know, like, so like, those are like technically good matches, but then there's like the, the matches that I feel like are the biggest, you know, like I, my second match with Kenny, I feel like it's probably, you know, the biggest match of my career. So that along with like the Brian Danielson match are the two that I feel like they definitely have to go on there just for sentimental reasons. Um, and then there's like the match that I had with Uno that's like super special in my head because, you know, just the crowd was like so different than any crowd I've ever been in front of as opposed like, you know, they weren't, they weren't like, yay, boo, or like even like, yay, yay. They weren't cheering for both of us. They were, they legitimately didn't want us to fight. Like most of the matches they're chanting, please don't fight. So like, that's cool in my head. Um, yeah, man, I don't, I don't, those, those would be a few for sure. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's like a best match I've ever had though. Um, hopefully this match with Mike Bailey would be on there. Um, I really liked it. So yeah. What's next for you? What do you got planned? Oh, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't really know if I'm being honest. Uh, you know, I would always love to work for impact more. I would love to work for new Japan more. Um, and you know, I just kind of want to do as much as I can on the Indies and make a name for myself, uh, by myself, I should say. Where can, before we let you go, obviously, but where can everybody find you social media wise and everything else? Uh, you know, I'm on Twitter, Alan underscore V underscore angels. I can't get rid of the V because I'll lose my, uh, my check mark. Check. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) so, uh, that's, that's my Instagram and Twitter. Um, and yeah, I have a pro wrestling tea store. If anybody wants to check that out, please do. And that's about it. Nice. Alan, thank you so much. Great, great stuff here tonight. Appreciate it all the time. Thanks, John. I appreciate it. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Man Power Trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash tmptempire to become a patron and also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies, brother.